I would like to derive this morning's thought. My daddy is rich, and so am I. Ah, my lovely people of the internet, it is I, it's EDB, it's Eric Deshaun Barrett for long. And if you're listening to this on the day that it is released, that is Sunday, well, I was about to say September. I'm so anxious to get to September. I'll talk about that down the road. But it's right now, August the 16th. You may be listening to it in, this, in September, and if you are, then you're probably behind. But anyway, I'm glad that you are here. I'm glad that I am here. I'm glad that we can, in our own individual places, be together. And this is an opportunity for us to get on ready for Sunday morning service. And I'm just going to uh, tell you right now that I would hope that you will take some time, get rid of whatever you got going on for just a few moments, about an hour and, and a few minutes, if that's all right, and just Take this time for your personal meditation. Maybe you went to church today. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you went down there and you just didn't like what you was hearing. And that's why you come here. I really don't know why you are here or what's going on in your world. But if you are ready, then we're going to have this time for us to find what we are looking for. Our mission statement. That's what we come here for. For our personal mission statement. And so if we are going to do this right, then we're going to go ahead on and get ourselves some prayer, scripture reading, and meditation. Yeah, that, that that's how we'll start this off right up in chair. Yeah. Uh-huh. Our opening song this morning is Jesus Go With Me. It may be in the valley where Countless dangers hide. It may be in the sunshine that I am, I am in peace abide. But this one thing I know: if it be dark or fair, if Jesus is with me, I will go anywhere. It may be, it may be I must carry the blessed word of life across the burning desert to those in sinful stripes and those at the those that it be my lot to bear my color, color here there. If Jesus go with me, I'll go anywhere. If Jesus go with me, I'll go anywhere. Tis heaven to me wherever I may be. If he is there, I count it a privilege, his, a kind of privilege here, his cross to bear. If Jesus go with me, I'll go anywhere. But if it be my portion to bear my cross, while others bear their burdens beyond the dullest form, I'll prove my faith in him, confess his judgment fail, and if he stay with me, I'll go anywhere. It is not mine to question the judgment of my Lord. It is but mine to follow the leading of his word. 
but if to go or stay, or whether here or there, I'll be with my Savior, content anywhere. If Jesus go with me, I'll go anywhere is heaven to me. Wherever I may be, it, he is there. I count it a privilege here to his cross to bear. If Jesus go with me, I'll go anywhere. If Jesus be with me, if Jesus go with me, I'll go anywhere. Tis heaven to me, wherever I may be. If he is there, I count it a privilege here his his cross to bear. If Jesus go with me, I go anywhere. Most holy and all wise fathers, we come this morning. We thank you, O God, because you promised us, and your word is true, that you will be with us wherever we go. And, God, we put our trust in you this morning, and we say thank you. We thank you, God, to be able to gather together once again and to call upon your holy and righteous name. We thank you, O God, for this opportunity, God, that you have given us. And, O God, we just praise you and magnify your name. We thank you, God, that you kept us all night long. You've been with us, O God, and we just say thank you. O God, we pray for those that's in the flood waters, God, those that's lost lights and those, God, that don't have food because of the, the electricity is going out. God, we pray for these people this morning, God, and we lift them up before you, and we're asking you to turn on the lights, God, move the, move the situation that's causing them not to be able to be able to have the things that they need. God, we just give you thanks this morning. We pray you magnify your name, God. We just said thank you this morning. We praise you and we love you, God. And, oh, God, we just thank you for all things. And we give your name all the honor and the praises and the glory this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 The scripture reading this morning is a prayer of I'm reading Psalm 17 the entirety of Psalm 17, which is verses 1 through 15. Hear the right, O Lord. Attend unto my cry. Give ear unto my prayer that goeth not out of feigned lips. Let my sentence come forth from thy presence. Let thine eyes behold the things that are equal. Thou hast proved my heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shalt find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Concerning the works of men, by the words of thy lips, I have kept me from the path of the destroyer. Hold up my goings in thy path, that my footsteps not slip. I have called upon thee, for thou wilt hear me, O God. Incline thine ear unto me, and hear my speech. Show thy marvelous loving kindness, O thou that savest by thy right hand upon them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against them. 
Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wing. From the wicked that oppress me, from my deadly enemies who compass me about. They are enclosed in their own fat. With their mouth they speak proudly. They have now compassed us in our steps. They have set their eyes bowing down to the earth. Like as a lion that is greedy of its prey, and as it were a young lion lurking in secret places. Arise, O Lord, disappoint him, cast him down. Deliver my soul from the wicked, which is thy sword. From men which are thy hand, O Lord, from men of the world which have their portion in this life, and whose belly thou fillest with thy hid treasure. They are full of children, and leave the rest of us, and leave the rest of their substance to their babes. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I will be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. The word of the Lord. Amen. 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 This morning's meditation. Good morning. 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 Good Good morning. Good morning. Good up in the name of the Lord and here mm-hmm. to celebrate, celebrate who God is. Uh, when I was thinking this past week about uh, things that were going on, and uh, God kind of pulled me back to the Old Testament. And uh, one of my favorite books uh, is Daniel in the Old Testament. I've used it before uh, on uh, the virtual uh, meditation time and, and uh, uh, and I went back to it this time because, uh, like I said, God pulled me back there. And this is a time when Daniel uh, was struggling with what was going on in the, the kingdom that he lived in and didn't really know what direction to go in. And people were uh, going to other uh, things and means and celebrating rather than celebrating who God was. And uh, Daniel had a uh, concern about that, so uh, this this comes to him at, at uh, vision and night. And I think if, if uh, we listen to the words, you know, we can uh, discern what it may mean to us in the next coming months of what's going on here in our world and and what we have to decide. And uh, but uh, let's read it. It's Daniel uh, second chapter verses 19 and 23, and I am reading out of the New King James, so I guess uh, I'm kind of halfway saved anyway. So there we go. All right. Uh, Daniel 2, 19, 23. The secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven, and Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. For wisdom and might are his, and he changes the times and the seasons, and he raises kings, and he re, uh, removes kings, excuse me, and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness 
and light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O my God, of my Father. You have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we ask of you. For you have made known to us the, the king's demand. So basically, you know, he's looking for help, and God gives him help. And God reveals to him, as we all know, that God can change things. When, when uh, people are put in position of power, God knows uh, their minds. He knows everything that goes on. And if things need to be changed, God has a, a way of doing it. We have to follow God's will. You know, we have to pray and we have to discern about what God wants us to do in, in our lives. Um, and we know that God is, uh, again, you know, like it says, he, he knows the darkness, he knows the light, he can change the seasons, he, he gives us uh, what we need, he provides and cares for us. Uh, and it's, uh, it's something to always fall back on. You know, the, the Bible, I... I the more I read the Bible, the more I know about who God is, about how God is. But that's uh, something that we, we need to grow in every day. We can't forget that God's in charge and, and that Jesus has given us our salvation. No matter what we face in our lives, no matter what struggles we're going through, we, can, we know that God is with us and that he teaches us and he, we can fall back to him because his arms will wrap around us and take care of us and protect us and give us the, the courage to face what, whatever lies ahead. Any decision that we make, if we make it in the, in, the, in the will of God, in the will of what God teaches us, then those decisions will be good decisions. You know, uh, Sometimes we, we have to just make a decision and we decide, is this good or bad? If we follow what God teaches us, then hopefully it will be good. But sometimes they do end up bad. But, you know, those bad decisions uh, turn into uh, strength for us in the future because we learn from those, hopefully. You know, everybody's made bad decisions. Everybody's tripped and stumbled in our lives. But we also know that God is there. He reaches down and pulls us up, just like Jesus pulled Peter out of the water when he, didn't, when he took his eyes off of him. And uh, that's always a vision that I keep in my mind. No matter how, how much I struggle or how much I turn away from Jesus, he's always there reaching out to pull us up from our troubles and to lead us in the paths of, of righteousness where we should go. Amen. 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 Ah, my friends, my friends, you probably, if you've been listening to these Sunday experiences, already noticing a few changes. Uh, number one, our call to action has not been, well, you haven't heard it yet. And we're going to get to that in a second. We're making some changes around here. We're trying to really reimagine what this experience looks like and should feel like. And so we're going to be spending a lot more time instead of just recording a service or an opportunity, a gathering, if you will, and then just rebroadcasting it here. We're actually going to put some time and some energy into that because this is our mission statement. 
I have this dream. I don't know if I've shared it with you, but I'm going to right now very briefly share, well, a little bit of it. We're going to talk about this as we move on down the road. But I have this dream of a completely virtual church that operates somewhat physically. Now, you're asking, um, wait, okay, um, hmm, I don't understand what that means. Well, I understand that because it's probably never been done before, or at least if it has been done, it is so minute that we don't really understand what this means. But if you really look at how the church structure is operating at this point, most of us go to a physical building that just sends out some things to the internet, kind of what we have been doing around here. We have a live call, which is, well, that's somewhat virtual. I mean, right? Yeah, I'm glad you agree. But what we were doing was recording that and then we were sending it out to the internet like you were hearing here. And we're like, maybe we should really put more energy in this. As I said earlier in our in our time together, maybe we should put more focus into this this time and then build towards a physical opportunity instead of us, you know, doing everything and then just pushing online and and the internet becoming a redheaded stepchild. What if the physical location became a redheaded stepchild? Mm-hmm, that 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 that's what I'm thinking. And so this Again, it's going to be reimagined. We're going to take some time to put together this piece of business. And uh, I'm not ready to tell you what time is going to come out. But just know that we're actually going to put some time into it. And starting in September, we're going to have all the kinks aired out. And we're going to be on to our new mission of having this time mean just as much as the other two times that we are connecting. Also, uh, I'm just going to say it right here. I feel that it's very important that if you and I are going to be connected, that we have to, you know, well, be connected. And so at the end, I tell you about the platform by which you're listening. I thank you for using that, by the way. And I ask you to uh, do whatever that platform requires of you to make sure that, you know, you and I can be together. You know, if you can go ahead and do that right now, not wait to the end, that that'll be very appreciative. You can just click on it, you know, somewhere in there. Just follow, like, subscribe, add, you know, the drill. But also uh, down in the show notes is going to be a link. If you click on that link, that'll take you to everywhere you can connect with me. And most importantly, that will allow you the opportunity to email. It's Barrett at gmail.com. Send me an email, put in the subject line Sunday service or just put in the subject line First Virtual Church. And what I would like for you to do in that regard is let me know you exist. Let me know you're out there. Let me know you're listening. And then we're going to make sure that you get the weekly bulletin, which in a few, yeah, slightly over a few, it's going to be a bi-weekly bulletin. You're going to get one on Sunday and one on Wednesday. I haven't told anybody else that yet. I'm waiting. We're trying to get grandma on the internet and get her all settled in and what have you. And then we're going to hit her with the bombshell that, you know, she's going to have to learn how to, well, She's going to have to learn how to use her email and download uh, all these lovely things. And she's going to have to learn how to do it at least twice a week. It's going to be so exciting. But again, she doesn't know yet. So shh, don't tell her. Don't tell grandma. Okay. Shh. You, you got it between me and me? 
awesome sauce. So, and again, in order for us to be connected in that manner, you're going to, well, I'm going to ask of you, you don't have to do anything, but I'm going to ask of you, if you would go ahead and, and send me that email, as well as show the platform you're listening some love. And speaking of showing love, I guess it's time now for our call to conscious. So if we can just take a moment and think about what this is. I know my, most of you are thinking that this is an ad, but it is not. It is an opportunity for us to be able to do what we do. And if you think about it in this space, there's a lot of things that require finances. The book of Ecclesiastes say uh, money answereth all things. And so, you know, we got to pay bills around here. But my focal point is not in just presenting something that just benefits one person, a singular mindset. But this is an opportunity for some of you. You may have artist dreams, ideas, something of that nature. And this would be a perfect place for you, a perfect opportunity for you to consider is what I'm trying to say. So this is a moment of conscious, a moment of action, if you please. Psalm 50, 
1, 10 and 12, 10 through 12, and then Romans 8, 16 and 17. Psalms 50 and 1 says, the mighty Lord, and I'm, y'all know I'm not saved, so I'm reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. The mighty Lord, excuse me, the mighty one, God the Lord speaks, summons the earth. Verse 10, for every animal of the forest is mine. The cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird of the mountain. And the creatures of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world and everything in it is mine. And then over to Romans. Chapter 8, verse 16, it says, The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. From those two passages of scriptures, I would like to derive this morning's thought. My daddy is rich, and so am I. My daddy is rich, and so am I. Now, Father, we ask that you would allow me to present your case today. We ask that you would give us clarity of thought. We ask that you would give us sharpness of hearing, that we may, the people, your human jurors, that we may without shadow or doubt hear what you are saying to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 August 1929, some 91 years ago, we witnessed one of the darkest economic moments of these states united. Some of you heard of it as the Great Depression which happened when the stock market just crashed beyond repair. That happened on October the 29th, 1929, which is also known as Black Tuesday. From 1929 to 1932, the global DDP GDP fell to 15% compared only to the crash of 2009, also known as the Great Recession. 
This moment in time devastated both rich people and poor people. Somebody say the rich got hurt too. The rich got hurt too. Praise the Lord. Cities, depending on railways and industrial series services, collapsed. Farming and crop prices dropped by some 60%. The problem then that happens to be the saving grace now is then they had no alternative jobs in sight. There were no telework. There were no stay-at-home education. They weren't even stay-at-home church. You couldn't look on the iPad at the screen and see your doctor. You couldn't shop. You couldn't even do your work or study or go to school, and I just mentioned all those things before. So if it wasn't for, if I just point this out right here, for the the alternative that we have now, I would like to present to you the argument that the situation that we find ourselves in today would be a lot worse. It's not good, but it's not as bad as it could have been. Someone say it's not as bad as it could have been. Unemployment then rose to 23% here in these states united with other countries seeing close to 33% in rise. I said the rich suffered. Didn't I say that? Yes. The rich suffer. How did the rich suffer? Personal income, tax revenue, profits and prices, the IRAs, the CDs, dropped by some 50%, sliced directly in half. As I mentioned today, because of alternative opportunities, it's not as bad as it could have been, but we still have some 30 million persons unemployed. Even with the opportunities provided by the World Wide Web, it has kept us hovering somewhere over 13 to 10% unemployment. But what we're not realizing and what they don't tell you when they file those unemployment numbers is that even though some of us are not employed, we're still not financially solvent. You can lose a job at Bank of America making $25 an hour, but take a job at Taco Bell making seven fifty, and they'll just say you employed. But we got folks at an incline rate taking two and three jobs now that was once making it off one just to keep the lights on. 
many of our restaurants have had to take down their hiring signs because with the loss of our $600 benefits, folks have resorted to any and everything just to stay afloat. Rich people that were once in high positions now resorted to Chick-fil-A managers, KFC district managers, high chemists making thousands of dollars in major institutions now slipping burgers at the Walmart or the McDonald's. The rich suffer. They're the poor. They suffer too. The poor suffered to the point where that depends on who you ask. I'd like to submit to you the argument that my lovely, I was trying to figure out how I was going to respond to him on this national call that the FBI can hear. Our lovely chief executives, I would submit to you that you not treat him as harsh as you would before because when you realize that he's not crazy by himself. As a matter of fact, we have a young man in the Bible by the name of Solomon who said over in the book of Ecclesiastes, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. What that means is ain't nothing new under the sun. And just like our fearless representative now is crazy, there was one crazy before. Let me present my case and you'll understand. The poor were suffering, but not according to then Republican President Herbert Hoover who said the hobos are fed better than ever before. I guess he had an alternative fact that one of his solicitors had given him. Because while he was in the White House saying that the hobos, for those of you who don't know, that's a nice 1920s way of calling a thug a less than individual. A hood rat. While he was saying that they were better off than they were before on the streets of New York City, there were rapid numbers of cases of dying by starvation, culminating in some almost 500 by the end of the Great Depression in one community alone. If starvation didn't kill you, suicide did. The rate in 1929 rose from 17% to 23%. That's 23 people per 100,000. Now I ask you to consider what is 23 per 100,000 in a country that then had close to 200 million. 
I'm not going to do math because that's not my job. But they thought, despite what they were seeing in the streets, they ignored the reports. They ignored the cries. They ignored the suffering. And just like we are experiencing now, the argument was how do we save the stock market? That's why you can't get upset with our lovely chief representative because he ain't doing nothing new. It's always been how do we save the economy, how do we save the jobs, how do we save what's beneficial to us. Every man for himself and God for them all. Why? Some might add. As I think about this conversation we're having here, I said, why to myself? Because when you look at what's going on and you hear the cries of the people, even in the church, their cries. Church folks now more depressed than they've ever been in their life. Especially young Christians. We call them the technological generation. Christians from 2000 till now, they are 20 years old. Some of them are high school graduates. This year were born in 2002. All they know is prosperity. All they know is time of economic promise. All they know is time of sunshine. These young people will study in a history book of a time we all remember called 9-11. They will study in a history book about the great struggles of racism, segregation, and even more they will struggle to understand in a history book why a railway track is the dividing point in every town. The young people are struggling. They know nothing of the dark side of this we call the States United. And I asked myself, why were they depressed? I've explained it, but it still does not help me understand why they're depressed. And then it began to dawn upon me. There's a lack of hope. There's a lack of assurance. And most importantly, there's a lack of reality to who's in charge. See, when you've been around long enough, and all of you on this fine phone can testify to this, you've had your ups and your downs, and you've learned how to weather the storm. Y'all can surf better than some out there on the sea. True. 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 
But when you have young people who know nothing of a storm, they're finding themselves drowning. We were never taught about this God that could be with us in troubled waters. We were never taught about this God that can calm the raging sea. Oh, they preached about it in passing, but nobody talked to us about that. They just beat us up, told us how bad we were. We went on out, but they didn't tell us that God chose sinners before sinners chose God. I said God chose sinners before sinners chose God. But those who may have a problem with that conversational piece, I invite you to turn when you have a moment in Romans 5 and 8. While we were yet in our sin, God chose us. God chose sinners before sinners chose God. Well, we live in a time where the enemy has seemingly stripped us. We've talked some time ago on this call about being beaten and stripped. And it's seemingly happening more and more that we are being stripped. As I mentioned, young people grew up in a time of prosperity You could just go out and get a good car, get a good job. We were making money, flying high. We didn't know anything about identity. We didn't know anything about purpose. We didn't know that we had something deep down inside of us. We didn't understand all that. We didn't understand, as I love to quote around here, that before our mamas and our daddies did some things. I told someone the other day, and I'm not going to name any names. How you doing, mama? I said mama, not grandmama. My mama and I was having a conversation. We were talking about Pappy, and I ain't going to say nothing much about him. But I said, Mama, you might not have appreciated what happened, but I was not a mistake. Amen. Because my Bible tells me that before you and Daddy snuck off to whatever y'all did, and I don't want to know because that's nasty. (laughs) But before y'all went, wherever y'all went, he introduced himself to you. We're going to just leave it at that on this sanctified call. God called an architectural meeting with his heavenly engineers. And he uniquely and individually and personally designed that which shall be EDB. My name 
was not even a mistake. I remember as I was a young man, I was working on the Internet, and all the kids were starting off, and they were changing their names because they didn't have cool names. So they were making all these cool names so they could have nice little Internet names. And they said, Eric, you going to change your name? I said, I don't know. I don't really like my name. And I said, well, I can't think of nothing. And little boy said, you got a name. You had a name since she was born. Use your name. I said, that thing ain't going to mean nothing. And while when I go... And I just started saying, oh, it's just going to be EDB. And I thought, what is that? Next thing I know, when I get downtown, don't nobody call me E no more. They don't call me Eric. They don't call me Mr. Barrett. They said, Mr. EDB's here. <laughs> the name stuck. Had it on posters and everything else. My name. And then... When I thought about it, we were sitting there and said, what does EDB mean? And I said, what do you mean, what does it mean? And the lady walked up to me, old sweet lady, she said, EDB means he's an exceptional, defined believer. I said, I like that. Say it again. She said, he's an exceptional, defined believer. And I looked over that little lady. I said, what do you mean by that? She said, Brother Eric, ain't nobody like you. She said, I ain't never seen a black man come in here. She's a white lady. And I said it like that because it was funny when she said it. She said, I ain't never seen a black man come down here and say what they say to these people and not care one lick. <laughs> And she said, you come down here, and you were defiant. I said, how was I defiant? She said, because they tell you go right, you go left, and then look at them funny like I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> and then, not only do you do what you want to do, but you back up everything that you do. That's why you a strong believer. And then what make them real mad down here is when they don't listen to you, you just say, I'll be at the house. And then they get mad when they got to call you. Because you're exceptional. You're defined, but you believe in what you do. But we have been stripped of our identity. We have been stripped of our purpose. We have been stripped of the resources that we are heirs to. I believe it's about time for an old-fashioned recovery mission. Somebody say recovery mission. I believe it's about time we get like Brother David over there. Y'all know the story when he came back and they burned his house, stripped him of everything. He said, shall we pursue and God said, come on. 
Somebody say, I want everything Amen. back I lost. Everything back I lost. I everything back I lost. I will no longer settle for a minimum wage job that don't fit my bills. I ain't going to settle for that garbage no more. That's what y'all say. That's what y'all stole and gave me, but I want that full-time beneficial job that y'all took. I want that one back. Y'all told me I couldn't afford to live in my house and then sent me to some apartment. No, I'm not going over there. I want my house back. Oh, I, 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 mm, I just said something made me run. I don't, I know somebody else will run, but I made me run on that one. I, I, I want back what you didn't stole from me. It's a mindset that the enemy has stripped. It's a mindset because he has caused us to forget in our time of crises. And just like in Jeremiah 1 and 5 when he said before I was formed, Jeremiah went through some stuff in them 28 chapters, only to get down to 29 and say, hey, I understand what you're going through, but I need you to know something, Brother Jeremiah. I still know the plan. I am not designed to be broke, destitute, and begging for nothing. I said, I, 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 maybe I'm the only one to feel that way, but I am not designed to be broke, destitute, and begging for nothing. Am I the only one? Maybe they say, hello, is this thing on? Am I, am I, am I hello? Hello. Hello. Yes. Hello. Am I the only one that's designed not to be broke and destitute on this call this morning? No. No, you're not. Somebody else said, I'm not designed. I'm not designed. To be broken destitute. Mm-mm. I come to the conclusion, God can't get glory out of broke folks. That's why right. he designed to give you something. Mm-hmm. God can't get glory. I got to say that again. God can't get glory out of broke folks. You said, where do you present that case? I was over there in John 14. That's why I get my bold argument. He said, whatever you ask in my name, what will happen? Mm -hmm. You do it. Why? Because God got to get glory. And God can't get glory out of broke folks. But I hear you. As I hasten to my conclusion, because y'all saying, I'm an old woman, I'm an old man, ain't nothing left for me. Tell somebody, say, I wish you'd read the book. I wish you'd read the book. Somebody read the book. Because if you read the book, you would read over there in Joshua 14. There was a young man. You might have heard of him. Yeah. Named Brother Caleb. Yes. Brother Caleb walked up to 
Joshua and testified. He said, I was one of the people that Moses sent out as a spy. I was 40 then, but I've been here some 25 years now. And I would like to tell you something, Brother Joshua. Even though I'm 85, I got all these medicines. I look like I'm half crazy. But I still want what's mine. I'm smart enough to know that something was promised to me and I want what's mine. Mm-hmm. I wish somebody said, I want what's mine. I want what's mine. See, if you just take a moment right now, I'm not going to tell you put your business out because, you know, some of us is nosy. Not on this call, but, you know, this is on air. So you have to realize that everybody outside might be nosy. So, but if you could just, 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 say, just, just lift your hands. Just, well, just give it to me. Get, you, you know what you need. Some I mean, of you need some things. You got to ask. He said, "What you ask? Give it to me. Just 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 give it to me." Just give it to me. 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 I'm looking at a house right here. Just give it to me. I'm looking at it right over there. Just give it to me. Just give it to me. Uh-huh. Give it to me. I could just hear one person just yell out, give it to me. Give it to me. Now, what that means is where two or three are gathered in his name, therefore mm-hmm. he is. So everybody is now praying together. So one more time, give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. me. Oh, yeah. mm. what do you I close. Hey, yes, sir. As I close, I think about a lady because you're asking yourself, what does all this mean? I think about a young lady who found herself in D.C. during this same time period. She was struggling with misogyny, racism, the lack of women's rights. She found herself being a person who was just told to stay at home and cook some biscuits. Black with it. But she determined Not to live by that philosophy One day An old misogynistic Person Walked up to him Or her, excuse me Said, Miss Hattie What gives you the right To feel like you can speak In front of these great institutions. Don't you know this is a man-made world? Don't you know who runs around here? What makes you think you can do what you do? He said it to Miss Hattie as he spit his tobacco on her shoe. Without dropping her head, or removing or changing her attitude, 
She carefully pulled her leg up to her and took a handkerchief and washed, wiped the tobacco off her shoe, and then placed the handkerchief in his pocket. And she said, you asked me a question about why I can do what I do. It's simple. I understand a little secret that apparently you don't know. Well, what is that secret? Well, it's simple. She said in a poem that many of us have sang in church for years to come. She looked that man square in the eye, and she said, I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of the king. Yes, of the king. With Jesus as my savior. Hallelujah. Yes. I can do what I do. I can go where I go. I can be who I am. I can have the attitude that I have for one reason and one reason only. Because I'm a child. Of the king. My friends, as you are sitting at this moment in time processing over what has been said, as you're sitting this moment thinking about what we have heard through the message, I ask of you something. I ask of you if you are in that place where you have not recognized your your birthright, if you've not recognized just who you is, I ask you to consider that right now. You say, well, does that mean I have to be saved? Well, you know, that might be a problem too if you have not made certain that you can answer the great question of if you die tonight, would you end up in heaven? That, that, that's the questions you should answer. And I would like for you to know the answers to that question, so go ahead and do that. It's simply ask confess and believe or ask believe and confess same thing if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord you shall be safe right so you can do that that's something that that's easy peasy lemon squeezy the hard part is what we need to talk about right now for all of us who have answered that question we are sure but we're still operating in this mindset of being second rate defeated not knowing our purpose and our mission statement, those persons, that is the ideology that takes a lot more to deal with. So if you find yourself there today, I ask that this would be the moment, the turning point for you to consider where your world is and where your world needs to be. I hope this message changed that for you and put you in a different trajectory and made your world much better. If you did, or if it did, then again, if you haven't already, while you're sending me the email to let me know who you are, ericdeshawnbarrett at gmail.com, put in the subject line Sunday service. Also, underneath of the, uh, or if you've already sent that email, then send me another one and put in that subject line, my birthright. And I'll know that is connected to this service. And then tell me what you're getting ready, how you're going to focus your attention, how you're going to get up and go, how you're going to find your mission statement and fulfill it. Would you do that for me? That would be awesome sauce. Well, I got to go now. And so uh, we're going to hopefully, prayerfully, 
be back here on Wednesday. We're going to do some other things coming up. I'll talk about that a little bit later down the road. But until then, you did show love to the platforms by liking, adding, subscribing, you know, all those. Okay, cool. I I knew that. I just wanted to make sure. Thank you. Reverend Chavis, if you give us the benediction, we can remove ourselves from each other's listening and talking devices. Receive now the benediction to the one who is able to protect you from falling and to present you blameless and rejoicing for his glorious presence. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, belong glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Amen.